What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. What up, what up? This is your boy, ATH. This is the undisputed Burger King, Steve Burger. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Bondo. This is Bobby Fish, one half of Red Dragon. This is the Hitbox, Red Titus. And you're listening to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast on ROHWorld.com? They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. Wankers. These three guys are something like FBI agents. Be careful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 100 of the ROH Cast. My name is Harry. I am the web designer and co owner of ROHWorld.com. And as always, I'm here with the other co-owner and the editor of the website. He's the podcast bandit, the podcast missionary, Stephen. Hello, everyone. And the man formerly known as Podcast Worst Nightmare, now known as the American Bearded Nightmare, John. We've made it to 100 episodes. How? I'm not sure if that's amazing, stupid, or what it is. But I can't believe I can't believe we made it this far. 100 episodes. That means. Over a hundred hours of audio of us talking Ring of Honor. Can you believe it? <laughs> almost people, people listen to this. What? Ugh. Almost two years. I think I, I still don't understand why anybody would listen to this show. That's the thing that we ask. <laughs> no one ever responds. They just sort of do it. You know, are we somehow brainwashing these people? I don't know. But thank you to everyone who has listened over these past almost two years. I think it's our two-year anniversary in um in september september September. so yeah thank you to everyone who has sort of listened over the years sent all those questions in i mean without the without the questions there really is no show because nothing really happens in ring of honor on a week-by-week basis so and that's why when we originally set up to do the show it was just supposed to be one or two a month but because sort of listeners responded well to it we got so many questions we sort of made it a weekly thing so I yeah. remember saying that it was never going to be a weekly thing because not enough happened, and then we just stepped in to start doing it every week, and we have <laughs> now for what seems like the last twenty-five years or something. Yeah, so almost, almost two years, one hundred episodes. So yeah, thank you to everyone who has listened, and we hope you enjoy this special show we have lined up for you. Um, we did plan on having two interviews lined up, unfortunately, one of them fell through at the last minute. And we didn't have enough time to schedule a second guest. But we hope our our main guest will be provide enough entertainment on this 100th show as we'll be shortly joined by leader of the embassy, RHCast favourite Prince Nana, making his third appearance on RHCast, which is actually a record for the most number of appearances by a member of the Ring of Honor roster. So we'll be talking to Nana very soon. But before we get to that, John and Stephen, do we have anything more to say about RH cast and want to thank over you know over these past 100 episodes. I would just like to thank the ROH cast force for putting up with our nonsense for the last 100 episodes our rape jokes are <laughs> any kind of inappropriate jokes we may have made. Thank toot, you for toot, Ether, Dan thank Seven. Just, just thank you for you know understanding that you know we're just three idiotic people talking Ring of Honor and I'm glad that the ROH cast force seems to seems to appreciate and like that yeah i would like to apologize to anybody i've offended over the 100 episodes the people entire, who, the entire population of winston winston salem, salem yeah <laughs> anybody who lives in 
the Midwest, well, who doesn't live in the Midwest, who I've claimed does live in the Midwest. Yeah, because that's probably the worst insult you can give somebody is that they live in the Midwest. Go on. There's probably a lot of other people I've offended. I, I do apologize. It wasn't my intention, but as John said, <laughs> we're just idiotic people. Is the, is the most common. Oh, yeah, I apologize to any female out there that I've offended, you know. Um, so I'm, think... I'm nothing. I'm nothing to do with Silas Young. I, I don't write his primos. That is just a joke. <laughs> I do think women belong in the ring. I'm all for women of honor and women power. I think. Oh my god, we just need to go to the interview. Just like cut before we offend anyone. So we're going to go to that interview right now with Prince Nana, episode 100. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll be right back to talk about your questions that you've sent in. <coughs> Can you smell that? <coughs> Stephen? <laughs> well, I think I think he's gone, John. It, that, that's just us two to do Prince Dana interview. So uh, the yeah, hope you enjoy it. The A team will carry this interview for episode 100. And we hope this you enjoy. It's only fitting. The A team's around for episode 100. Okay, everyone, welcome back to episode 100 of the ROH cast. I'm here with John, as always, and we're joined by a very special guest for episode 100. Making his return to the show is Prince Nana. Nana, how are you? <laughs> you know I'm doing good, my friend. There's nothing, ever, there's nothing else to do other than be good in this world, okay? There's nothing else that you can do. I'm downtown Brooklyn by the Barclay Center, the beautiful building where Jay-Z opened up. Uh, they recently had Raw over here. I'm just enjoying life in Brooklyn, my friend. So this is your record-breaking third appearance <laughs> on the ROH cast. That's more than anyone they else. They can't get enough of me, my Ex- friend. Exactly. They can't get enough <laughs> it's more of than anyone. The African greatness that I am. How does it feel to win that prestigious accolade? I mean, that's more than anyone else on the it Ring of Honor roster. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the first time that I would be the first to do things for, you know, in the wrestling business. So, you know, it's not a shock to me. It might be a shock to one or two of the other people. But, hey, you know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. And that's why it's not a shock to me. So, last time we spoke, you were about to face R.D. Evans at Final Battle. Unfortunately, you lost that match. I mean, how did it feel to lose your big return match? I mean, uh, come on, how does it feel to lose? You know, it was it was depressing. It was uh, frustrating. It was uh, maybe even a little bit embarrassing. But at the same time, you have to put, uh, you know, your your best foot forward and and, and continue to, to to do what it is that you you were in the match to do in the first place, mm-hmm. and that's to to reclaim glory and to to show people why I'm the best. So so Adi Evans, he you know he might have gotten away that time, but trust me, there's only so many times you can get away from greatness. Mm-hmm. Do you regret not inviting me and John to ringside to help you? I mean, we did offer our services. Offer, I, you know what? I thought about it after the match, and I said to myself, you know, I should have, I should have taken the, 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 the um, you know, the, um, the, the invitation, okay, for you guys to, to help me there at ringside. But you know, any did come running out. Unfortunately, it was, it ended up being backfiring on him, and he ended up having a lacerated shoulder after after he injected himself into the match. So, you know, 
That was my bad, guys. My bad. Mm. <laughs> um, you haven't actually made many appearances since Final Battle. What have you and the embassy been up to? Have you been busy with the big more, Asian women? It's more of a corporate. It's a corporate structuring and restructuring. I know we said the whole restructuring thing many times with the embassy, but it's a, it's, it's a social restructuring. Okay. okay? Yeah. We need to to figure out the the, the loopholes of what's going on in, 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 in the spot, how the spot has changed, how are we going to continue to change the spot. So so me not being around is it's not a bad thing. You know, why do they why do people want to see my beautiful face every day? You know, let's give some of the new guys a shot. You know, maybe the guy Q T Marshall, maybe one or two other guys, you know, Alex Payne or whoever is on the roster. Let them get a little chance. But believe you me, like things things are are definitely being worked on. All right, I have a, a lot of lot of uh, surprises and secrets and a whole bunch of things that I would love to talk about, but I can't. Oh. Okay, contractually, I can't talk about nothing until <laughs> it happens. Um, during your sort of absence from Ring of Honor, there was they were sort of being invaded and taken over by scum. Did you ever think about coming back to help them because they clearly needed your help at some point? You know what? I, I, I saw everything that was going down, and I, I saw the, the, the um, you know, the total disrespect that the scum was, you know, building upon the Ring of Honor Rasta locker room, executive office. But Ring of Honor did it to themselves, okay? They put these people, right? These people, whether they've been in ECW, whether they've traveled in Japan, I don't know what these people do, all right? They travel all over the world, and yes, we have, you know, they have faith in them, but as soon as they give them the ball, they turn their back on Ring of Honor. You see, me, I've been a man of my own stature since day one, all right? It's about Prince Nana and the embassy. It's been that way since day one. Is Ring of Honor a good platform? Of course it is. And I'll promote it. I'll tell people about it, okay? But these people, they want to get into the the nitty-gritty of the company and, and, and really take the fame and the, the, the brand association away from Ring of Honor and bring it to themselves instead of building themselves as their own brand like mm. the embassy has and Prince Nana. So the embassy from the Ring of Honor, they brought it onto themselves and do I feel sorry for them? No. So don't ask me these type of questions. Okay, okay. Well, and one of you... By the way... This walk that I'm taking right up Prospect Park, unbelievable. If you see some of the ladies that I'm seeing right now, my friend, <laughs> forget it. You'd be saying cheerio for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, in one of your few appearances on Ring of Honor television, uh, you did commentary. Uh, how did you enjoy doing commentary? It's nothing new. I, I love to talk. Okay, I've been a, a talking and talkative person for almost 15 years in the wrestling business, outside of the wrestling business, in in different, you know, uh, situations. So it, it was it was definitely something new in the wrestling business to do, but it's not something like, oh, it's something special or something. It's just a, a, something I had to do, and that's it. That's how I do it. I'm good at what I do, and I do it. I don't know how else to explain. I don't. What do you want me to say? That I made a red velvet kick after I did the the, the, the broadcast? I don't know. 
Well, while you're on commentary, you received a mysterious phone call for somebody. Uh, who called you while you're on commentary? Don't worry about that, my friend. Okay? All I all I have to say is everybody knows what happened after I got that phone call. Maybe a month or two after I got the phone call, I was right there in Connecticut, right there in Long Island as a guest for, for one of the largest companies in the world. So... Yeah, it might have been a phone call from them. It might have been a phone call from 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 somebody else. Hey, it might have been a phone call from President Obama. Who knows? Okay? <laughs> so just as long as we know there's a phone call that came in, and that phone call is of importance to Prince Nana and the embassy. And uh, speaking of the embassy, uh, we recently saw you scouting Tommaso Ciampa again. Are you trying to recruit him back to the embassy? You know, Tommaso Ciampa, he really, really let me down, okay? He really, really let me down as a, uh, you know, a mentor to him. I mentored that guy. I brought him from the bottom, took him to the top. You know, he, he went by what, you know, he was seeing instead of what was being done. And that's why, you know, we, we broke ties. And right now he's, you know, doing what he's doing. He's probably doing great. And would I work with him again? I don't know. The, 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 the situation would have to be very, very vital to to uh, money-making. And right now he's making money for himself. He's focusing on himself, and that's good. That's what the embassy taught him to do. So now that he's doing good in his career, best of luck, my friend. And, you know, hope to see you down the road somewhere doing something positive. Well, we've seen R.D. Evans and QT Marshall recently form a tag team. Would you like to team up with Ciampa or anybody else on the roster? Say that one more time, my friend. Uh, we've seen R.D. Evans and QT Marshall recently form a tag team. Would you like to team up with Ciampa or anybody else on the They're roster? They're a tag team? They are a tag team. You know, I, I saw something on TV with, with, with them, but I didn't know if it was them. Okay, if they are attacking right now, then I have something, something really special up my sleeve for those guys. Something wow. really special. If they're walking around town claiming to be some tough tag team when, when I almost beat the living crap out of that moron, I'd be having a final battle, then I definitely have something special for them in the next few weeks or months. You believe me, watch. But I'm as far as tag team division in, in our way, it's like, they need to be put in their place as soon as possible before they turn that whole division into a fluke. <laughs> On Facebook, Nana, you recently said that you've signed two world-class ass-kickers, was the quote, to the embassy, and we understand you're here on the show to reveal that those two ass-kickers are in fact me and John from ROH World. <laughs> hey, my friend, I, don't want to, I didn't want to, you know, bust the chops so quickly and, and break the news to everybody, but hey... If it's coming out of your mouth, they got to know it's exclusive news, so, so it might be true. All right? If it's coming from this web po podcast, then it has to be something serious. You guys be. are connected, my friend. I think you're the second highest rated show after the Out of Wrestling. Okay? The only, the only way the Out of Wrestling will become a real top international talk show for real, for real, okay, is when they bring me on there. But it won't happen. Exactly. Okay? It won't happen. Um, you also mentioned in a recent promo that these ass-kickers are, are old faces. Does this mean they're previous members of the embassy, or is this all secretive for now? 
Right now, it's top secret. I, my, you know, my, my lips are sealed. Okay, this is the best space that the embassy has been in in a very, very long time. And we're not going to take it for granted. Okay, I'm going to send the message out now. Ring of Honor, don't take it for granted. Okay, wrestling business, don't take it for granted. Because right now, the game is changing. Okay, it's becoming serious. It's not a game anymore. It's not about, oh, I want to support this guy and support this guy. I want to support my family and my country. Okay, so if I have to hit somebody the real way, then that's what's going to have to happen. Okay? If the embassy is going to have to stick their nose in business, then we're going to have to do that. If it brings the bottom line up, then it must go down, my friend. All right? Nothing is going to stop me and my desires to change the wrestling business in a way where true competitive spirits can compete and actually have a, a, a platform to showcase that with any type, with no type of biasness or anything of that nature, all right? Just because mm. you are a fat slob with titties flying around the ring doesn't mean that you, everybody has to like you. People can hate you too. You know, people can hate you too. You don't, we don't have to be forced. I, I hate when people are forced down people's throats that they are good. If the fans like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. And that's the bottom line. I hate mm. these artists or these wrestlers who are forced down people's throats when nobody wants them. I could go down a whole list of, of names, okay? Ring I'm not talking about one. anybody. I'm not talking about anybody that was on the original ROH roster. All of those original wrestlers from the ROH original roster and the years after that, all the way up into the CM Punk lineage and the Joe lineage, these are real, real pro wrestling lovers. And this is why we're at the top of our game. But all these other fools, forget it. Ring of Honor is scheduled to have uh, TV tapings tomorrow night in Rhode Island. Can we expect to see you at those tapings? Absolutely not. I'll be at the beach sipping on some champagne, enjoying my life, and getting ready for the show coming up in New York City on August the 17th. Is it the 17th or the 18th? When is the show? I think it Hurry might be. talk. I think it's the 17th. I'm talking to one of my assistants right here, telling him to tell me the date of the show, and he's over here with his headphones on. Are you crazy or something? <laughs> when I ask you a question, you say it quick. My show is on the 18th at the Ring of Honor, uh, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Manhattan okay. Mayhem 5. That's right, Manhattan Mayhem. And just for everybody who don't know, Manhattan Mayhem, and I say this in every interview, that was a, a, a show that was, 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 was driven by the embassy. If it wasn't for that Manhattan Mayhem show, ROH would never be in New York City. So do your research. And do what that, and, 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 and let it be known. Let it be known. But do you have any other quick major questions? Because right now my limousine just picked up and I'm ready to go up to Connecticut and talk to some people that I know up there. Yes, I just have a quick question. Uh, Truth Martini Hurry recently. Up. You keep saying a quick question and then it's taking <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Truth Martini recently hosted a night of hoopla. Will we ever see a night with Nana? Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> who, who wrote that? 
That was Harry's question. He made me ask it. I, I, I think it was Stephen who's not here at the moment. Um, okay, we can tell you're very busy, Nana. So one final thing. It's episode 100 of the ROH cast. Do you have a special message for the members of the ROH cast force who are listening right now? You know, these guys that, that run the ROH podcast, all right? Listen, I hope everyone is listening, all right? These guys that used to run the ROH podcast, they used to be porn stars, all right? They changed their lifestyle, all right? They've, you know, decided to move on from their freakiness and get into something a little bit more serious in the wrestling business. So to all the fans listening to the ROH wrestling cast, this is the place for unedited, unedited, exclusive wrestling information based on Ring of Honor Wrestling, all right? So go to the website, ROH Cast on Twitter, whatever it is. Go to the Ring of Honor website if you want to know more of what's going on with Prince Nana. And you can always go to Facebook, all right, and click my name, Nana Obando. Add me, talk to me, let's get a discussion going. But don't start sending me any type of lewd pictures uh, you know, or anything like this, because if you start sending loot pictures or anything like that, then somebody is going to get hurt. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for talking with us, Prince Nana, and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Oh, I will. Don't don't hope if I'm going to enjoy the rest of my day. I will. Have a good one, guys. Take care. Thank you. So there we go. That wraps up our interview with Prince Nana for episode 100, making his third appearance on the ROH cast. He was actually the founder of the ROH cast force name, so we do hope you enjoyed that special interview. Um, but before we actually went to that interview, Stephen appeared to be suffering from some sort of ether-induced coughing. Stephen, have you recovered now? Are you okay? I have. I'm not sure what happened. You know, I was sort of blindsided by some sort of smell and, just, you know, made it hard to breathe and made me cough a bit. I'm not sure, you know, I woke up in a, you know, in a dark alley. I'm not sure what happened during that time, but I'm back now and uh, you can call me the Jesus Christ of, of RH cast. I'm back. I've, I've returned. Just after apologizing for offending everyone, you offend everyone once again. So <laughs> now we'll go on to talk about some of the latest news that's been going on in Ring of Honor recently. Um, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, it was actually a good thing. We interviewed Cheeseburger last week, so we didn't get the opportunity to talk about the news. But to be honest, there wasn't much anyway. So what we will do now is talk about the three shows from the uh, that past weekend, Night of Hoopla and the Reclamation shows from the weekend. Unless newsman John has any news he'd like to uh, bring up before we move on to those shows. The only news I can think of to mention would be the airing of last week's ROH on SBG show that had the much-anticipated Jay Briscoe world title defense against Matt Hardy. Now, in typical Irish cast fashion, only one member of the uh, panel, so to speak, have actually seen the Ring of Honor TV show. So, John, how was that main event, and how pissed off were you that, knowing everything we know now that Jay Briscoe retained? The match itself was a simple match. It told a very simple story of just Matt Hardy targeting Jay Briscoe's shoulder, and then he hitting all his big moves to try to put him away as quickly as possible, and then Jay just not giving up until he was able to steal the win at the end. And it was so irritating knowing that he was going to win, despite knowing he was going to get stripped of the title immediately afterwards. Mm. So now, the, fun, the fun, funny thing is, I've actually um, 
watched a little bit of next week's show, which is weird not seeing this past week. So I've seen I've seen a little bit of the Steel Cage Warfare show. And Kevin Kelly said on that show that was taped what, the day after Best in the World, that he referenced the world title match and said, Head over to ROHwrestling.com for huge news on the T on the world title. So they, they knew about that way in advance. So that was their plan along that tournament. You know, it was to have Jay Briscoe get beaten up, be stripped of it, and have the tournament. That was always the plan. It was never sort of a, oh, wait, oh crap, he's left. We need to do a tournament type thing. Yeah, so that was very frustrating to watch play out because you knew what was going to happen. But mm. the match itself, I thought it was a fine title defense, especially for, for TV. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we can talk about this now that it's aired. That is the end of Jay Briscoe's title reign. Yes, that is the last time you will see Jay Briscoe as... ROH world champion unless he somehow wins it again in the future and it didn't come from him losing it came from him getting beaten down by scum after the match and yes it was a pretty you know one of the more intense beatdowns I can remember in wrestling in recent memory but still it wasn't him losing and passing the title to somebody else it was mm. him getting beaten up by a group and then just th- then him just not being able to defend it again so it doesn't help anybody by him not holding the title anymore yeah I mean Personally, I don't know if you will disagree. I would say this is one of the most disappointing title reigns in recent memory because he wins it. No one sees it due to the iPay-per-view glitch, which you know isn't anything to do with. Yeah, Yeah. it's not his fault, but it's sort of it. It gets the the title reign off to a bit of a bad start that none of us saw it. Then I don't think he really. None of his main event, you know, iPay-per-view title matches seem to click with me. I just didn't. They were all good matches, but not. Yeah. Event. Yeah, a, a year down the line, I don't think you'll remember any of his title defenses. Like right now, when you think of Steen, you automatically think of Steen and Davin, Steen and Algin, and th- those are two matches that will, you know, last long in, in the memory. But you think Steven, of Jay Steen and Lethal, uh, you know. Yeah. So the the later half of Steen's title reign was fantastic, and I think that spoiled us a bit because you yeah, get to Jay Briscoe's, and I don't know if he was still injured, like his shoulder or something, but. I don't think there was really any way he could live up to that. And especially, you know, the way it started with the no one seeing it, the match has not been that great. The way it ends with him being stripped of the title, the first time the title's vacant, the vacant title itself is added to the roster. He's <laughs> an actual <laughs> roster member. That's how what? ridiculous this why is. Isn't is. He in the, why isn't he in the world title tournament? I don't know. Well, he's the number one contender. The winner faces vacant world title, I believe. It's not that. If, okay. if no one knows what we're talking about, by the way, on the official RH site, click on roster. You'll see vacant world titles actually a roster member. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the title. Do you, do you sort of agree with that? Yeah, I think so. There we go. Yeah, I, I believe the Jay Briscoe title one was more about the moment him, of him winning than any kind of actual title reign afterwards. But unfortunately, mm. that was ruined by the terrible eye pay per view issues that have plagued Ring of Honor. Yeah, he was never going to have a really really long reign. I mean. I think we all expected it to be sort of a transitional champion, but yeah, some of us even transitioned to Matt Hardy at Best in the World Weekend, but oh, you know, initially we even thought Adam Cole was going to sort of turn heel and steal the belt from him, and then Matt Hardy we thought was going to do it. Neither of those happened, and now we get a tournament which we've completely buried. I think on episode ninety-seven <laughs> was called Tournament or something stupid like that. So we've talked about that silly tournament enough for now. So. There we go. That's sort of the wrap-up of the TV, I think. I don't think there's anything else we need to add. Um, and now we'll talk about the latest Ring of Honor shows. It was three over one weekend. We have we had a night of hoopla in Chicago, and then we had Reclamation, night one and two, in locations I cannot remember. 
So we'll start off with Knight of Hoopla, which to be honest is probably the wrong way to do it because it's going to go downhill from here. Me and Stephen have both seen Knight of Hoopla in full. Stephen, you gave it four stars? Four and a half. Four and a half. And I actually went back. That is the highest review score our site has given since the 11th anniversary in March. Very well deserved. It, it truly was. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because it's, it's, it's incredible. It's just so different to what we're used to and it's so enjoyable and fun that as a one-off thing, once a year maybe, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, I think it was it, the sort of thing that if if they made it once a month after a few, you start getting a bit bored of it. But because yeah. it was, you know, it was, as you say, it was, it was so much different to what we're. You know, Ring of Honor is so serious that to see, you know, see a show like that, and you know, to be honest, even the matches, the matches, you know, like that, that triple threat was yeah, hilarious, was really but really good at the same time. Like that kicked off the show fantastically. Yeah, and the main it's event t- I thought was really, really, really good. I thought that was a brilliant match as well. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think match of the night would be the tag title match. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Could I thought it was yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the comedy aspect was the main sort of uh, part of the show, but you know, even the in-ring action, it wasn't. It was it was very good. I mean, in my opinion, it's probably better than the Reclamation Night Two. I mean, as over as overall show, Night of People was much better, but I think even in-ring action, it was it was better as well. So mm. it's not just a show where you know you just go and have a laugh it, and that's it. It was it was a good show as well. It was just all so enjoyable. Like we started off with. Then what was it? House of Truth National Anthem with Scarlet. Then we had that hilarious triple threat match that was really good. <laughs> and then we had Jimmy Jacobs singing. And then we had um, the Ultimate Warrior versus <laughs> Randy Savage, basically. Then we what else was there? Then there was that someone from the crowd getting a lap dance. Well, pants off, dance off. Pants off, dance off. The David Richards. Richards just, that David was Richards, weird. David Richards. Silas Young was good as well. Like yeah, there were. It was, you know, those those men coming out dressed as women was a bit weird, but it was still a good match, even with that going on. In the yeah, people are uncut with Satan. Exactly. Like, there's just so much nonsense on this show. It, it's just the exact opposite of Ring of Honor. And I think if RH cast was transformed into a Ring of Honor <laughs> show, it'd be something like that. It makes no sense. No one really knows why everyone likes it, but you just do. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, I just can't recommend it enough, to be honest. It's very rare that I watch a show that isn't my pay-per-view. And even when I try and watch those, they don't work. So the fact that I watched all of this shows how good it is. So, you know, my recommendation is is well well earned for Night of Hoopla, definitely. But That's Ring it. of Honor returned to their normal format the next night with Reclamation uh, Night 1. Uh, it was from so the... I thought it was Redemption, according to Kevin Kelly. Well, Kevin Kelly's wrong about a lot of things. Like... <laughs> Honestly, which move is the lethal injection, and which move is the box office smash? Box of office, I know the answers, but Kevin Kelly doesn't. But Reclamation Night One uh, took place live in the, I believe, it's the Turner Turner Ballroom in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, I own that. Yeah, which is a very nice venue, and the crowd, uh, just like the last time they were in Milwaukee, was amazing throughout the night. Like I hope Ring of Honor continues to make them one of the main stops every year because the crowd was just incredible and the show itself it got off to a slow start uh general and rush took on the probably the worst tag team i've ever seen the hash <laughs> the hashtag party boys wait the hashtag isn't their name in, in the name is it yes it is it's the hashtag party boys oh, and it's hearing kevin kelly say that over and over and over and over 
was just my nightmare is what it was. Podcast worst nightmare. Okay. Just the hashtag party boys on offense. The hashtag party boys. Oh, he didn't say hashtag every time. Did he really time. have to say hashtag every time? He said it every time. Oh, and in case you're wondering, the hashtag party boys are made up of Mike Seidel and Zizu Madu, who apparently <laughs> is Justin Gabriel's brother. And these two should not ever see action in the ring ever again. This was one of the sloppiest matches I've ever seen. <laughs> I really they want to see this now for some reason. They botched a Irish whip. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very advanced wrestling maneuver, though. True, and the action itself, though, was kind of boring. It was, this was a bad opener all around because Adrenaline Rush didn't really bring any kind of adrenaline to the match. It was mostly just groundwork until ACH hit the 450 splash to get the pin on Mike Seidel to finally mm-hmm. mercifully end this match. That's weird because I don't know about I don't know much about Zizou Midu, but the other three are all high flyers, so what's with this sort of ground-based action? That's strange. It was... I don't understand. I, I was expecting something a lot... I actually wasn't expecting, you know, much more, because I didn't really know much about the Party Boys, hashtag Party Boys, but I was hoping for something better than this, that it was just bad. But luckily, we got the Women of Honor to make up for this, when Athena went one-on-one with Mischief, and... Mischief seems to be the one they're building the division around, correct? Yeah. Like she's the one getting the most. She is the least interesting one out of all the women of honor I've seen. So don't beat me up, Michael Elgin, please. <laughs> but she, but anytime she was in control of this match, it was boring. But the second Athena got an offense, you've said this before about mischief matches. Actually, when talking about the TV, it seems to be a reoccurring yeah. thing. But the second Athena got in, got in control, the action picked up. It got a lot more fun. And luckily, surprisingly, actually, Athena picked up the win here. So hopefully she's the one, if they're serious about building a women's division, which it seems like they are, hopefully Athena's the one they build around. Hmm. And then up next is the final kind of not-so-good match of the show was BJ Whitmer going one-on-one with Michael Bennett. And I was <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hasn't that already happened like twice, or is this the second time? Because they've announced that for the World Title Tournament as well. This is the second time because it also happened at Best in the World. Oh my god! And how is is Michael Bennett different? The exact from Mike Bennett? same as Mike Bennett. Oh, I don't okay. know if I don't know if it's any different the... to night one, but on night two, the only difference was that Maria was sort of like telling him what to do and was sort of bossing him around. That was literally the only change in the gimmick. Himself, no, Mike no, Bennett he, himself he, hasn't he, changed. No, even in this, Mike, it was still the exact same thing with Maria causing the distraction of the referee to get the win. It was the exact same thing. The only thing that changed was his name went from Mike to Michael, which was disappointing. <laughs> which variation of the box office smash did he use? Uh, I think he used both. Both box office? Oh, Kevin Kelly was confused completely. Yeah, though. but luckily after this match, the show really picked up and everything after this was awesome. Eddie Edwards and Kyle O'Reilly had the match you'd expect them to have. Hmm. Also, Ciampa and Rhino had a very good big man match. Um, I think I like this more than most other people because I kind of like this style of match where two really strong competitors just go out there and throw each other around. And the ending of this match was awesome. Rhino went for a gore and Ciampa got one of his knees up and just hit him right on the head and knocked him out. So it was really a really cool ending. And the match itself might have been 10, 12 minutes total, but they packed in a lot of action and I really enjoyed it. So you've got a few matches left now. Which ones have you got left to see? I still have to see the Silas Young versus Kevin Steen, the uh, four-way involving Matt, Matt Taven, Jay Lethal, Adam Cole, and Michael Elgin, and the main event of Davey Richards and Bobby Fish. 
So, so far, it sounds like you started off with a couple of dud matches, but sort of went up from there. So hopefully, because there's a lot of potential in those matches. So the full review should be posted later today, which is Thursday, or maybe possibly early Friday um, over on rhworld.com. So you can check out if the show, show is worth a watch on there. But uh, now to round off the weekend, they had, going to Kevin Kelly, Redemption Night 2, Stephen. So... You've seen that in full. The review is coming very soon to rhworld.com. What yep, do you think of the show overall? Overall, the show was very disappointing, I thought. No, the card on paper looks pretty strong, but for some reason, a few of the matches just didn't really turn out as, as good as they should have. There were a few disappointing matches. I mean, and the the crowd were, were pretty terrible, to be honest. Uh, it was in Dearborn. Uh, Michigan. Obviously, they've they've run Dave on quite a lot, but the crowd was just dead for ninety percent of the the show. It even got to the point where Kevin Kelly was like, "This crowd is a lot like the Japanese crowd." It's like, no, oh, they're not making any noise yeah. whatsoever. That's the lame excuse when they start saying yeah. that. Yeah, but said that the card on on paper looked pretty good. I mean, the opener was Tadarius Thomas against Kyle O'Reilly, and Ooh, was that, that was good? it wasn't unfortunate. It was a very disappointing match. You know, I, I've said it before that I think Thomas on his own in singles matches. He's a bit disappointing. He uses, in my opinion, too many kicks. He just, I don't know, his matches just don't flow very well when he's when he's in a singles match. And mm. I mean, that's why they put me with ACH. It, it limits what he does and makes him, you know, a lot more bearable. But yeah, that match, it just didn't really seem to click. It was very slow. It wasn't a very good opening match, really. Um, second up, we had Women of Honor. Um, Leah Von Dutch, who was making her debut, uh, against Jenny Rose, who I think was also making a debut, Mischief and Athena in a four-corner survival. Um, it was a pretty standard women's match, to be honest. It wasn't, it wasn't too great. Uh, Mischief won uh, in the end. Uh, Athena, I actually pretty, you know, I actually like Athena. I think she's you know, enjoyable to watch. I thought she was really good at Night of Hoopla. Mm. You know, I'm not a women's wrestling fan, if you hadn't guessed, but I, th- I really like Athena. Um, Similar to John, I think Mischief is okay, but I don't think she's the best. Um, I think if they could bring someone else maybe in uh, to, to sort of uh, have some matches with Athena, I think you know that, that could work pretty well. Um, next up, we had Silas Young and Tommaso Ciampa, which was probably the second best match on the show. Um, it was actually really, really good until the ending, which I absolutely hated. Is this um, where it was restarted because Silas yeah. used the hammer or something? No, I was going to get on commentary with uh, Kevin Kelly, which, I mean... I don't think we mentioned Night of Hoopla didn't have any commentary. That Oh, yeah, that's a good and point. And it worked really well. It took me a while to realise. Yeah, I didn't even realise. And then I was reading some people talking about it on the forum, and I thought, oh, yeah, there's no, there's but it's no commentary. It was, I think Kevin Kelly would have ruined it. And it I was, think it added it. It added to the sort of... It that, made you... Yeah. I think, I, yeah, it was like... It was quite immersive, like the way you just... You know, it felt more like you were there watching it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I thought that the commentary on this show was terrible. I mean, even Nigel was ruined it a bit and Nigel's normally really good on commentary but but yeah I thought I mean I know that the show wasn't great and they didn't seem very interested in the show which didn't really help it um yeah th- this match was really good uh, Young and Champ I'm a massive stylish Young fan but yeah the the ending was terrible Young wins after getting the hammer that they used to ring the bell um he hits mm. Champ and picks up the win and then Nigel goes no we're not having any of that in Ring of Honor Honor's been restored and all this and makes <laughs> uh the uh, I think it's well, whoever the referee was, made them uh, restart the match. Uh, Tommaso Champa more or less just goes straight after Young hits the uh, Project Champa and wins. And I just thought it made Silas Young look pretty stupid, to be honest. 
Uh, you know, this young someone that they seem to be building up. It was a great match. Even he, you know, having him lose clean would against a guy like Tommaso Ciampa would have helped him. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I didn't like the end. I thought he made Silas Young look a bit stupid, and I think it's, it sets a pretty dangerous precedent. You know, are we going to have every time a heel uses something? To win, are we going to have the match restart every mm, single time? I, I don't. I think it was just a one-off thing. To be, honest. I think they wanted to try and make Silas look a bit strong in defeat by getting that initial win. And but I don't think it did. The fact that he had to cheat to win and then mm. he lost almost instantly after the restart. I think it made him look. Maybe it was just playing off the whole scump thing being over. That because Nigel's yeah. not going to be on. Oh, we don't actually know who the commentary team is going to be going forward on the TV. Oh, yeah, because but... I've not, not got Carino anymore. So if we can presume it's it. not Nigel, because then he, as you say, he, it would make sense storyline-wise for him to do that every single time there's a shoddy result. But it would kind of ruin things. So it makes more sense for him to be in the back. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, it was a good match up until the end, which I just personally didn't like. I don't know if anybody else liked it. Um, up next, BJ Whitmer against Adam Cole. Um, a pretty decent match, uh, you know, sort of match you'd expect from these guys in, in the mid-card, really. Um, Whitmer seemed to get injured early on. I'm not sure if it was a legitimate injury. Seems to like hurt his, his neck a bit. Um, but it, was, it was a pretty good match, and Adam Cole won in the end. Uh, he came off the top rope and sort of landed on his leg and sort of feigned a knee injury. Uh, Whitmer sort of went up to him to see if he was OK, and then Cole uh, rolled him up into a small package for the victory. So, mm. uh, obviously played on Cole sort of well, heel turn and his sort of uh, attitude of, uh, you know, winning any way he can. So I thought that match was perfectly fine. It was you know, a pretty good match and I was fine with the ending. Uh, and then we see Michael Bennett in action. Not Mike Bennett anymore, Michael Bennett. And uh, as I said earlier, his, his gimmick doesn't seem to have changed at all apart from... Has the he got that... new music or is No, it... everything's the same. All the gear's the same. New... Uh, the only difference that I saw was that Maria was like calling the shots a lot, like telling him what moves to do and being quite bossy so I think maybe that's where they're going like Maria now they've got rid of Brutal Barb Maria is sort of controlling Bennett a bit so now he's um, bitch Bennett yeah basically um, okay. he beat uh, a local guy called Andy Muscat who they said was 40 years old um, he didn't look it but apparently yeah apparently he's 40 um, Bennett won after a pi- uh, with the pile driver uh, Mar- <laughs> Yeah, he seems to be using that wasn't the box office smash. That was just that's right, drive. that's right. He he won his match the previous night against BJ Whitmer with the worst looking pile driver I've ever seen. Yeah, he seems to be using the pile please, driver. Please tell me Kevin Kelly doesn't call that the box office smash. I don't, I don't think he did. No. Um, after that, I think Maria got in the ring and ordered Bennett to give him another pile driver. But then um, he's interrupted by Rhino, who comes in and makes the save. Uh, obviously, Rhino, he's from Detroit, isn't he? So he's a local. This was in Michigan, so it's a lo- he's a local guy. And the, the crowd, that was like the biggest part of the night was when Rhino came down. <laughs> Do you remember that the last time he was in D-Ball and that promo Rhino did? We're talking about where he lost his virginity at? Yeah. He then challenged Bennett to a match, which Maria eventually agreed to. Um, I Bennett, see what they're doing here. Yeah, Bennett then won the match after a few super kicks and the box office smash, the original box office smash. So that's, um, we couldn't use the power driver there. No, that yeah. ma- that match was was pretty decent. Uh, so the crowd were probably into that more than anything, really. Just because so, it's Rhino. Yeah, pretty much. Um, next up, we had Bobby Fish and ACH. Um, Please tell me that was good. Please. It was. It was good, but it wasn't as good as I was hoping it to be. I mean, I love both of those guys. I thought they could have had a really, really great match. But it was a good match, but it was quite sloppy at times. There was quite a few botches, and at times they didn't really seem to be on the same page, which. I don't know, I didn't really I get that, but I'd, I'd like to see a rematch down the line because I think they could definitely better it. 
Um, but it was it was good, but it wasn't as good as I was hoping for. Um, I'd probably say his third best match just behind uh, Young and, and Champa. Um, and then we came to our, um, well, our second last match as Ta- Matt Taven faced Kevin Steen. I hated the booking for this match. Steen more or less just squashed Matt Taven for about 10 minutes. Literally just batted him all the, all the way around the arena. And I thought, you know, Matt Taven isn't this random guy they've just brought in for a one-shot deal. He's the TV champion. He's not a 40-year-old, whatever that guy was called. No, he's not Andy Mus. Is it Andy Muscat? Yeah, he's not Andy Muscat. This guy is a TV champion. And Steen just completely squashed him uh, until Martini, um, Martini, I think, got on the uh, on the on the ring apron, and Steen got um, interrupt, interrupted, interrupted, distracted even. Um, Hundred episodes, I haven't learned how to speak. I know. Taven rolled him up, uh, put his feet on the ropes, and got the win. Um, yeah, it wasn't a great match, mainly because of the booking. I thought, you know, Steen. Obviously, Steen, you know, should be getting a lot of the offensive, but I don't think he should be squashing a guy like Taven. Mm. Um, Especially as Taven's in the world title tournament, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. Um, especially before the match as well, Taven cut a promo saying that how he was going to uh, prove that he didn't need Truth Martini to win, and that's exactly what he needed. Oh, God. Um, after the match, uh, Steen was obviously not very happy and asked for a match with Truth Martini, uh, <laughs> which my, Nigel McGuinness actually uh, agreed to. Match of the uh, night, surely. It was actually quite fun, you know. It only lasted like a couple of minutes. Um, you know, Truth actually almost won. You know, um, he uh, Taven came down to the ring and threw uh, powder in the eyes of Steen. Uh, <laughs> Truth then followed up with a uh, book of Truth to the face. Um, unfortunately, he only got two. How did the referee not see any of this? Uh, oh, I think he got knocked down. I think Steen. I think Steen went for a clothesline and Martin oh, ducked okay. or something. Right. Steen then uh, come back and hit the package pile driver for the win. Is uh, how did he take that? I thought Martini's neck. Well, he doesn't. Was... He didn't. He didn't bump. You don't really bump, do you, on a pile driver? Uh, hmm. You don't land on your back or anything, do you? Sort of. Hmm. Uh, and then the main event, which was the match of the night, uh, it was it was a good match. It was uh, American Wolves against Jay Lethal and Michael Algin. Uh, it went about twenty minutes. It was it was it was a good house show main event. You know, if it was on a pay per view, you know, this won't be main main event in a pay per view. It was it was a good match, but. As I said again, you know, the, the crowd were just dead for a lot of this this match and a lot of the show, and I think that sort of uh, detracted from it. Yeah, the fact that the match sort of just didn't. There was no reason for this match. It was a good match, but it was just like, well, why is this happening, really? It was, it was, it was. You know, I don't really give star ratings for matches, but I think it'd be around the four star mark. I don't think it could go any further than that, just because of the, uh, say, you know, it was just a random match, really. But it's what you'd expect from all four guys. They're all really good in the ring, and it was, it was, you know, pretty fun to watch, really. Um, Lethal tapped out. What? Jay Lethal tapped out. To what the has happened lock. to the? For, was, thank you to everyone who the sent their correct answers in. Jay Lethal, of course, is an unbeatable one. Um, ever since he slipped over those ropes, how many times has he lost? A lot. I mean, this is like, he tapped out as well. It's 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 ridiculous. Like you look at his win loss record prior to that slip, and he won every single non-title match. And now afterwards, he's getting pinned by Jimmy Jacobs. He's tapping out. What's going on? I think do we have to take that nickname away from him? Has it got that bad? I think we might have to soon. It's getting to that point. If he does, if he doesn't win the world uh, or title tournament, then. But is that technically a title match? Is Kryptonite? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, well, I suppose it's not technically a title match until the finals. So. Ah, yes, right. We'll see what we'll happens. See how far he goes. Yeah. Mister Unbeatable. Yeah, but that that was a pretty good main event. So that the overall 
sort of show. Uh, I, I think I gave. Yeah, it... would you would you recommend it, or what did you give it overall? I gave it a two and a half out of five. Ooh. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say don't watch it because there was a, you know, the, the main event was good. There was a few decent matches, but I'd say. I personally thought it was the worst show of the year so far, which you know, two and a half stars out of five isn't terrible. So it shows you how good the other shows have been. Mm. Um, you know, I suppose you know this show probably would have fitted in quite well last year. You know, the the sort of level of show last year it would have probably been a pretty decent show last year. But we've you know, the the quality of the shows has risen. Uh, you know, in 2013, and I think it was it was definitely one of the worst shows of the year. Um, you know, if you're sort of if you pick which one, you know, which shows you you watch, I think they should be sort of down the you know bottom sort of uh, area of your, of your list but if no, you've got it, bar should be the top of that list definitely yeah i mean if you watch all the shows then you know it's not a terrible show at all you know 15 dollars it is not bad for it at all but i think you know if you're gonna if pick and choose your shows then this will probably be uh one of the last ones you, you do watch because it was there was nothing really sort of you have to go and watch it was quite forgettable really mm. and the, the crowd was terrible absolutely terrible so it's out yeah with some sort of Decent matches, poor crowd, poor commentary. It doesn't sound like a great sort of package, and you no, definitely haven't, not, you haven't stopped that on it. It's not a show that I'd definitely, you know, go back and watch again. You know, mm. not if Hoopla is a show I'd probably go and watch tomorrow. You know, if I want, <laughs> if I had a few hours tomorrow, then I'd probably go. Oh, I'd, you know, want to watch Not If Hoopla, but this isn't a show I'll be going you know, rushing back to go and watch again. To be honest. So there we go. That that wraps up our sort of reviews, our, our rundown summary of the. Reclamation shows and Night of Hoopla. It sounds like Night of Hoopla number one, and then depending on John's review score, it could be you know preference to Reclamation Night one over Night two. Do Ring of Honor offer a bundle on those two shows, or is it individual? No, they don't. It's no. individual, as far as I know. Fifteen dollars mm. for each. I like when they used to do. Um, I think it was Showdown this Sun, Night one and Night two for. I know this is different, but yeah, it's like yeah. So there we go. That wraps up our. I suppose you can call that the new segment of this week. It's been a very strange show. For those of you, actually, well, this is all of you. None of you know this. We've been at our computers recording this for three hours now, and we've only got a very small amount of content. So that will be our new segment for this week for episode 100. And now we're going to move on to the questions and topics that you sent in. We have quite a lot of topics and questions for episode 100. To thank you to everyone who has sent those in. And once again, thank you to everyone who sends them in each week because, as I said before, without this segment, this is the bulk of the show, really. So thank you to everyone in the RH Cast Force for sort of keeping the show afloat over these 100 episodes. So, yeah, if you want to send questions in, maybe for episode 101 featuring the A-Team next week, um, you can send them in in several ways. You can tweet us at ROH underscore world on Twitter. You can go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash rohworld or why not post in our forum rohworld.com slash forum and the uh, I almost called it old fashioned I suppose it kind of is in a way now email us contact at rohworld.com we'll kick off the questions this week uh, at Denim Dave would like to know yeah, that's all well and good, but I think people want to hear from me now. I just want to ask you real quick. You know the the royal baby? Yeah. Yeah, is it just me or does it look a bit like Cootie Marcel? 
<laughs> oh, they should totally rename it to Cutie. Prince Cutie. Exactly, you know, like, nice round, bald head, Cutie <laughs> smile. It probably has more wrestling ability than Cutie Marshall as well. Oh, that is so true. Anyway, uh, you know how, like, Adam Cole is, like, turning heel soon? Do you think he's going to finally confess to dropping those false teeth in the hybrid rules match? <laughs> <laughs> And it was ketchup all along. It was ketchup, not real blood. Yeah, and it was also Mark Briscoe's teeth, which I think is really going to play into their match. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of the tournament, why isn't Matt Hardy in it? Because they just couldn't fit him in it. The brackets are just first a few. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And now time for a real joke. Tony Kazina is so little... He is what's inside Brian Danielson's small package. <laughs> oh, there we go. Tony Kazina reference on episode 100. <laughs> Thank you very much. The oh, no, no. Wait one second. I've got a game for you. Oh, a game? Wow. Yeah, it's a word association game. Uh, so, I can't say that word. <laughs> Pretend I said association. <laughs> I'm going to name you some people that have been quite... A big deal to the forum over this time. Oh, celebrate your 100 episode. We'll celebrate some of the big names that have been on the forum. Starting with, obvious one, Cutie Marcel. <laughs> Remember that time he came to the forum? The quintessential troll, I believe he was known as for his time on the forum. <laughs> A very short-lived time. You know what I loved about that? He was really trying to provoke, you know, the kind of angry, smart reaction Going, oh, you didn't know how to wrestle or not? Oh, that's it. But he just got people calmly listing very good reasons why he was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no one was upset. Everyone was calm, having a good time, except him. Uh, Alright, next one, Caleb Seltzer. Was he ever on the forum? I think he was at some point. I don't think he was, unless he had some sort of I think he definitely read the forum. I think in our interview he said he read the forum, didn't he? But because it didn't, I think Mark, I think you actually made some sort of. I think you might have asked a question about him being related to Kevin Kelly, and we didn't ask it, but he he mentioned it in the the interview. Because it's true. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he should have started a farter short thread. Oh yeah. That would have worked pretty well. I thought that interview. I thought he came across really well in that interview. Stole my he, idea. That person. And then he went and got fired. <laughs> Anyway, I know this guy didn't post, but you definitely remember him. Patrick Edwards. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. He was absolutely dreadful. I don't know what his job was at Ring of Honor or SBG. I think he was a PR guy. He's the he, worst he, PR guy ever. Absolutely I think he hacked the website. Awful. Like, if anyone is a gamer and has seen the bad PR Microsoft has been getting lately, I think Patrick Edwards is behind all that because he was... Terrible, absolutely terrible. That's the only word to summarise Patrick Edwards. I think he's writing the whole like, oh, what are they saying at the bottom of the news? Why isn't it like, oh, morality is on the uprise? <laughs> I think he's coming up with those. He's back. <laughs> okay, this is, um, I've got two more, but this next one is the big one Gabe Sapolsky. Oh, the DG USA slash Evolve thread. That well, that didn't that actually start as in the general Ring of Honor board thread, and then we had to move it because he just kept talking about Dragon Gate. 
It's not like Gabe to sort of uh, jump on Ring of Honor to try and hype his own companies, is it? <laughs> he would never do such a thing, would he? No, it's not as if Gabe's bitter at all. <laughs> yeah, that's he, the he's, he's bigger than that. <laughs> I, I like Gabe. I think, you know, he was... He did great I mean, he for gave, Ring of Honor, but... And he gave us a shout-out on his Twitter last year, too. Yeah. I, I, nothing against the guy personally, but I just think... I was thinking he just needs to let it go now, and... I don't I don't watch his companies but from all from everyone that talks about them they're not doing fantastically well so <laughs> no, there, no there might have been 70 people at the show you went to and half of them tried to throw a couch in the ring at one point <laughs> well there was an I just realized that I started this uh, evolve review thread and then I totally forgot Gabe actually reads threads on this book. <laughs> You're and I don't know if you've reviews. read that at all, but it's just a total piss take of the world. <laughs> Your Evolve reviews might be the best thing I've ever read in my life. Thank you. And this last one, this is just... This is three people, but these are people what? who... I can't tell them apart, I always forget who is who, but they're probably the people that I know I have the most differing opinions with. They are 187 Joeism, <laughs> Jim Jack, and oh. Die Hard. And to me, they are all the same person. <laughs> they they love their Ring of Honor. I'm not going to say anything bad about them, but that, they love their Ring of Honor. And actually, was it, their Ring of Honor. Wasn't Yimyak, in, was it Yimyak involved in the infamous Sandy incident, or was that someone else? I, I can't. I, I can't. I think it was. Apart on a forum. No, it wasn't Yimyat, was it? It was the guy who. It, oh, he's not was, around anymore, is it? He came. No, he left. It was him and um, six, six pack. Wasn't six it? pack and someone else behind the sandy thread. It wasn't Yimyat. That was infamous. Yeah. Um, one eight seven Jewism. I love his. Um, I can't think of enthusiasm. Yeah, I love his enthusiasm. I think sometimes it's a bit too much, but you know, you can't have a, you can't go, have a go at a guy for being enthusiastic. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd rather. <laughs> A hundred uh, one eight seven Joeisms on the forum than one JSWO. I mean, come on, that's very true. Oh, DXNWO. What's his name? DX versus NWO. Nineteen ninety four. I love he, his name. He I gets, love that name. I wish, he, I wish he changed his username because every time we do an interview and he sends in a question, I feel like an absolute dick when I say to someone. So yeah, DX versus NWO sent in this question. It's like what? Yeah, but I love that name because it's like everybody's first. Internet username all rolled <laughs> into one. Nigel McGuinness liked it. That was brilliant. He had a good chuckle at it, didn't he? So anyway, that... that, that's me. So, thank you very much for uh, making an appearance. The podcast troll, Marketh. Um, you sent yeah, I'm, I'm just so sorry for anyone who's expecting Jim Cornette on episode 100. <laughs> we got, well, we got the next like... best thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel the disappointment. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, you, you've managed to... Somehow, we don't actually know how, you got your own segment on this podcast by sending in troll questions, where everyone else sends in serious ones, you managed to get your own segment, you have your own music, and yeah, thank you for sending in all those questions over the past many, many episodes. Yeah, that was my plan all along, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so we better let, let you uh, return to your troll cave, I think you've got a, a hungry Tony Kazina sort of waiting for some treats or something. Yeah, I basically just took over his house, locked him in the basement, and <laughs> I threw some 22-year-olds at him every now and then. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. Take care. To feast, sometimes dead is better. <laughs>
So there we have it. The podcast troll Marketh making his debut on RH Cast episode 100. And now, Stephen, I believe we're going to get to the rest of the questions and topics that the listeners have sent in. Indeed, we have got uh, lots of questions from the RH Cast. Hello there. How... Yeah, I'll be there in a minute. Okay, bye bye. Well, sorry, everyone. Uh, unfortunately, I'm off on my pants off dance off world tour now, so uh, I should be back for episode 102. Enjoy the rest of episode 100. Okay, thank you, Stephen. Uh, good luck in the competition. Um, I'm sure I do well. I've been learning from Davy Richard, so uh, I'm hoping for some uh, for some wins. Okay. Well, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. Well, it looks like uh, it looks like Stephen's just bailed on us to go and do a pants off dance off. It's not like it's episode 100 of the ROH cast or anything. So, well, he has been training for this for years, so I can't really blame him. That's true. Yeah, he's this been, been tra- his lifelong dream to travel the world. And take his pants off for crowds. So, but is it what type of pants off tournament? No pants tournament. Is it like a British one or American? Because they're very different things. I believe it's for the uh, WPOA, the World Pants Off Association. So, so I'm assuming it's the American then. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, there's a few different regulation rules, but we won't get into those rules. We know you like your rule books, John. So, yeah, if if you have any questions, just send me a tweet, <laughs> and I'll I'll answer them best I can. Um, so yeah, that leaves just me and John, the A-team. We carried the show, we interviewed Prince Nana, and now we're here to uh, answer the questions and topics that you've sent in. So we'll start off with Facebook. And we have a good comment from Ken who says, I was going to suggest for the 100th episode that you should list your top five QT Marshall victories. Unfortunately, the episode is tomorrow, and he hasn't had that many victories yet. Oh well, I'll listen anyway. Yeah, he hasn't won very much except the hearts and souls of every Ring of Honor fan watching. <laughs> Especially ours. Um, now we'll go to Twitter. We have one from Zach on Twitter who says, With Zeb Coulter and Cesaro mentioning the mask this week, any chance you think we will see El Generico in NXT? I that, would be, that would be awesome, but I don't see it happening. I find it very unlikely. Especially because he's already debuted, hasn't he, as a new... Um... Uh, Sami Zayn. Is that, there we go. Is that so... Uh... And he's actually doing really good for himself in NXT. I was kind of skeptical skeptical of how he'd be as somebody other than El Generico. But I guess when you have talent, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm. Ken on Twitter asks, Did you guys upload episode 100? It's not showing up on my podcast app. Not yet. Not, not yet, Ken. Soon. By the, time you, by, by the time you listen to this, it will be uploaded. <laughs> Presumably via your podcast app. Um, so now we'll move on to our... What? Anyway, now we'll move on to our forum. And uh, we'll answer the questions that you sent in on there. And I'm just trying to... F- See, without Stephen, this is... I'm struggling here. I know, he's being selfish going off like this. Dancing Leaving around it. with no pants on. I mean, okay. I'm doing this podcast with no pants on. I don't know why that's not good enough for him. <laughs> okay, so here we go. We have one from Die Harder. Who says, does anyone else think that the first round matches devalues bringing in the outside special names? London, Kendrick, Dutt, even the returning Mark Briscoe, only guy I can see making it out of the first round is Anderson. And even then I could totally see ACH getting the upset. So I think what he's trying to say is that 
these outside guys will be brought in and then eliminated in round one. Well, that's kind of what we expected to begin yeah. with, wasn't it? Yeah, because they're not going to be able to keep booking these guys when the when they are just special appearances. I don't think it's a problem, to be honest. It adds more prestige to the tournament. And if you, you know, you have someone in the final who set who, you know, you look back at his sort of path to that final, and if he has beaten some big outside names, and it just sort of it makes it more important because if it had just been like, he went through QT Marshall, Michael Bennett, and Zizou Madu to get to this final, then it's just <laughs> worthless. But I'm saying he went through Paul London, Carl Anderson, and like Kevin Steen makes it sound a lot better. Exactly, exactly. Um, we have another one from Die Harder who says, what exactly is going on with the Briscoes? Are they now not leaving? Can you guys shed any light? Um, we can't really share, shed that much light, can we? You know, that's what we're here for. But it seems weird that <laughs> they went through all this trouble to kind of write him off TV to put Mark Briscoe in the first round. To me, I'm not, there's, I have no factual evidence to back this up, but it seems that they were kind of looking for somebody else to fill that spot. And then they're like, oh crap, we need somebody. And they just plugged Mark Briscoe in as like a last second thing. You bailed on them, John, didn't you? Yeah. You were that yeah. spot. You were going to have Prince well, in your corner and... They weren't. They weren't willing to pay me what I was asking for. <laughs> what, what, they, so they weren't willing to pay me like twenty bucks. <laughs> I don't even pay you twenty bucks to do this show. No, I have to pay to do this show. <laughs> we have one from Felker Pat, who has actually a very tough question, and I think it's quite appropriate for episode one hundred. What is the funniest thing you have seen in Ring of Honor since you started watching? Since I started watching, the funniest I, I, thing... I feel like, well, for me, that's a bit difficult to think since we started watching, but I, we can maybe limit it to the ROH cast, you know, what we've talked about on here, maybe. Oh, because I had something instantly come to mind. Oh, go ahead then. In Austin Aries promo, when he was being interviewed by Kyle Durden, he asked Kyle Durden if he enjoys the throat yogurt. <laughs> okay. So that, that's one that, that is, but there's a thread on the forum, which you can find at rohworld.com slash forum that has the uh, funniest moments in Ring of Honor history. And there are some very funny things in that thread, some awesome videos from pretty much any era of Ring of Honor you can ask for, including a hilarious uh, segment from the Trios tournament in 2005, I believe, where Colt Cabana has a list of people he'd want to have a three way with. <laughs> Oh dear. In terms of sort of my answer, I think it's it it'd be hard to pick one. I mean, we've had you know, since we've been doing the podcast, we had the whole Dan Seven thing, which wasn't supposed to be funny, but for some reason we just found it hilarious and I apologize to listeners of this show in two thousand eleven. Um and then of course we had a lot of Charlie Hostel. We had the whole Ether thing. Then we had um Mike Mondo, how does it feel to kiss a real man and <laughs> <laughs> that promo was oh my, where he creeps up on Maria and Vader Scott's just watching. That was brilliant. Um, Pretty much anything cheeseburger does. Is I was going to say that first that initial cheeseburger segment was fantastic. Is that Prince Nana trying to? No. Okay. Um, uh, I'll have to take that call later. He he told me not to take any official business calls while. We... <laughs> So, do you have any other funny moments? Sort of, what, I'm trying to think. I, I think the Truth Martini Hoopla Uncut segment with Cheeseburger, I believe it was at the Columbus show where Rhino came out and gored him when he had his pants around his ankles. <laughs> it was, was one of the most absurdly hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. 
Felker Pat continues and asks, who is the funniest person? I am. <laughs> in well, Ring of Honor. Obviously, you're not in Ring of Honor yet. So. Well, I was going to give uh, our old friend, the zombie podcaster Dez, a shout out, who recently had a stand-up comedy show that he said wow. went fairly well. Awesome. So, so I'd, I'd assume he'd be the funniest person. But in Ring of Honor, currently, it's got to be Truth Martini, doesn't it? Or Kevin Steen. I would, in all time, sort of, you know, RH Cast, all I've been watching, it's got to be Haas. Yeah. His stuff was just incredible. And it was just, it was just, he was so funny that we just sort of didn't care that he was just out there all the time drinking beer. And we sort of probably over, if it was any other wrestler doing all that stuff, we'd probably want them off our TV. But because it was Haas. Yeah, we put up with it because his matches weren't any good. No. So we put up with his horrible matches to see what he would do. Like um, like uh, the outskirts of those matches, and when he got TV time just to talk, it was always the f- just hilarious mm. because he would just say the crazy, craziest things. Yeah, Haas, Truth Martini, even Prince Nan, as you saw in that interview. Unfortunately, we don't get to see him much on TV, but there is a quite you know in a, in a promotion that takes himself so seriously. There's a lot of good comedy guys there, surprisingly. And Artie Evans is quite funny too. That's when he gets true. A chance. Yes, I remember when he was on. Was it oh, pay per view? He was on commentary talking about his his lawyer firm or something during one of the pay per views. I can't remember. Uh, moving on with the questions, we have one from DX versus NWO nineteen ninety four, who says, "Well, I'm assuming this is targeted as me at me. Sorry, with Ring of Honor bringing in guys like Kushida, the Forever Hooligans, and Carl Anderson, would." Would you like to see ROH bring in more New Japan guys in the future? And if so, who would you like to see? John? Harry? Um, to me, I would. there is one Japanese wrestler that I really, really like, and that's Kota Ibushi. He, I, don't think he's, I don't remember ever seeing him in Ring of Honor. I've seen him in other com- companies, and he is just a ton of fun to watch. But, Harry, who would you have to? Who would you say you'd want to see brought in, and who would you say is your overall favorite New Japan pro wrestler? Now, now obviously, I'm the Japanese specialist here. You're the, the guru, RHS, the guru, so to speak. The sensei. I, I'm like Prince Nana of Japan, really. I, I sort of scout the talent. I keep an eye on the matches. You, you fly out there. You, you fly out there. You walk down to. You walk down the entrance ramp and just watch with the spotlight I, on you. I don't know. I don't. I don't need the spotlight. I do it more. I take a more subtle approach. You probably won't spot me on any of the uh, events or anything, but. I sort of keep an eye on the results, keep an eye on the matches, see who's developing, and sort of think about who Ring of Honor should bring in. I actually bring in talent for Ring of Honor exclusively from Japan, and that's what they pay me to do. And I can't, so, I can't. So who's, good, so who's a good up and comer you expect I, to see in Ring of Honor in the next I couple can't of years? Actually, I can't actually reveal that because it will spoil the big announcement we have for later this year at Final Battle. So, oh. If, if I were to reveal who I'm scouting, it's just going to spoil the surprise of who's coming into Ring of Honor in the future. So, so. Are, you, are, you, are you going to take a stand and say you have a big announcement for Final Battle? Yeah, there we go. Because you know how well your stands... Listen, this always. is different. This isn't me making a prediction. This is about my... my uh, essentially, the Japanese embassy I've got going on over in Japan. So, uh, stay tuned for information on that. And uh, DX's NWO 1994's final question is... Favorite steel cage match in ROH history? I haven't seen that many steel cage matches in Ring I, of Honor. I don't think I've ever seen one, which is probably bad thinking about it. But I believe 
Samoa Joe and one of the Briscoes were supposed to have a great one back in the day that I still have yet to see. The only, the only steel cage match, I can only remember seeing two, and those were um, Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black. I think it was on Jimmy Jacobs' last show before he left for the first, like, after the age of the fall. Mm. Then on uh, the HDNet show, it was Austin Aries versus Delirious. Hmm. So there we go. Obviously, we're not the best uh, people to answer that question, I don't think. Um, so we'll move on to our to some more questions. We have one from Robert Reed, who actually has four questions here, and I don't know. He's, if we wanna... He's getting his money's worth. I don't know if we want to answer all of them because after we this, we still have three, four more from other people to get to. So we want to answer all four of these. It's the hundredth episode. We go big or go home on this episode. Okay. If not now, when do we do it? <laughs> episode one hundred and one. Um, okay, well, based on John's sort of threats there, we'll do them all right now. So, Robert Reed says, Do you ever see Jay Lethal getting a world title reign? And if yet, when? It felt like for the time being that his time has come and gone, and that if he was going to win it, he would have at the 11th anniversary. And now the next two will be Cole and Elgin, or Elgin and Cole. Do you guys see him coming after those two, or in between, in between, or wherever? I agree. I think if he was going to be the champion, he would have won at the 11th anniversary show. That's not saying that he can't be built back up in a year's time, a year and a half time. Mm. But for right now, it's Elgin and Cole's time to run as champion. And then probably after that might be Ciampa's chance to get the opportunity. But I could see Lethal challenging them for the belts because he is still one of the bigger names on the roster. And beating him still has a lot of value to it because, you know, he is a world known, you know, he's an internationally known wrestler. So, yeah, I can see he. I still see him in the main event scene mm. for the for the for the definitely foreseeable future. But I don't see him capturing the gold because we all know that's his kryptonite. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think we'll see him in sort of title matches at house shows, but I don't see or think we'll see him main eventing any of the big shows or winning the gold. We, you know, his time has, as uh, Robert Reed said, his time has sort of passed. Basically, they had him where he was literally unbeatable. For, for so long, and then he started to get a bit bland, so they gave him this killer, use the killer instinct, use the killer instinct, and you know, then he won Survival of the Fittest, which, for some reason, they said could work like a money in the bank, so then I made that stand he was going to cash in at Final Battle, he didn't win, then they took a stand he was going to win at length anniversary, he'd lost, and then, you know, he was still unbeatable, so maybe he could have still won, but then he slipped over the ropes, has lost loads <laughs> since, he's not unbeatable anymore, He's had his since, title match. It's just too late, unfortunately, Jay. Will this be a good time, since we're speaking about unbeatable Jay Lethal, to bring up the t-shirt giveaway? Or should we do that at the end of the show? Well, we haven't actually picked a winner yet, John, so I don't know how you'd like to do this. I say we do, I say you said that there's a list of 20 names who got the list who got the answer correct. I believe that's correct. At the end of the show, I'll give you a random number. I, I, don't, I don't know anybody on this list. I don't know who's 1, 20, or anything in between. So okay. I will I will pick a random number at the end of the show, and that's who the winner will be. Okay, so if you don't win the T-shirt, that's at JohnShoe89 for not picking your number. That is J-O-N-S-H-U-89. So follow me and <laughs> give me your hate. Um, Robert Reed continues, What potential matches are you most looking forward to in the world title tournament? Potential matches? I, I Pretty much all of Michael Elgin's, like his whole bracket looks like it could be full of nothing but great matches. Mm-hmm. What about you, Harry? Well, unfortunately, I can't actually remember the 
tournament sort of brackets off the top of my head. I'm looking forward to, I'm assuming Cole or Elgin has to happen in this tournament. That wouldn't happen until the finals, if it does happen. Hmm. I think, yeah, it's too, it, it feels like it just has to happen at this point. I think, I'm really, I, yeah, that should be, that's a good way to end the tournament. So I hope that's the way they go. And I think, as you say, Elgin, Elgin could face Carl Anderson, couldn't he, in the second round? Yes. Or yeah, even ACH, couldn't he, if uh, ACH gets an upset, which is unlikely because um, Anderson beat Strong and Elgin, didn't he? So that makes sense for him to, for Elgin to get his win back over. Who does Adam Cole have in his sort of path? Uh, so I'm trying to find the tournament bracket at this exact moment. So please speak and fill time while I hurriedly scour the forum for the <laughs> brackets that I know were posted in some thread at some point. So as you can see here on the RH cast, after 100 episodes, we've become the master of, okay. masters of preparation and planning. So here we go. In the second round, if Adam Cole advances, he would likely face Jay Lethal, who battles Sanjay uh-huh. Jett in the first round. Oh, uh, yeah. And then in the semifinals, if Adam Cole advances past there, we'll face either Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh. It would likely be Tommaso Ciampa because he's facing in the first round the winner of the um, Silas Young and Adam Page winner. Yeah, that would be Ciampa then. That would be good. And then the second round, he's facing the winner of Michael Bennett and BJ Whitmer. So it's likely the semifinals will be Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa in that that side. And the other side, it could be... Um, Michael Elgin and Kevin Steen. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, two great semifinal matches. We, we've sort of crapped on this tournament quite a lot, and I don't think we're crapping on the match quality because those are all going to be fantastic. I think it's just the whole concept of the tournament. Just as the fact they were getting another tournament still annoys me a bit. But anyway, at least we have some good matches to talk about. So that's even even if there's no storyline sort of around it. And when we come to do our year end awards, God knows who's going to win feud of the year. I mean, uh, has there even really been that other than Scum versus? There, there was one feud, and it, I mean, Cheeseburger Bennett. Cheese, wait, no, Cheeseburger Haas can win, even though it's cut short. And then Cheeseburger Bennett, and then what? And then what Scum cheese... ROH, that's, and Red Dragon Wolves, I suppose. Yeah, that yeah, true. That'll probably end up winning. Um, Robert Reed has another question, number three. Are you happy with all the spe- special attractions being at All Star Extravaganza? Would you prefer to see them more spread out? I think it's cool that they are, are all brought in for one show. It makes it... It makes like... it an extravaganza. Exactly. Just like the 100th episode of the ROH cast is, correct? Exactly. But yeah, I, I can understand what you're saying. It'd be better to have them spread out, to add the name value to multiple shows. But I believe this show is probably slated to be an iPay-per-view, despite the fact that... There is no iPay-per-views, John. There are no... I'm saying, yeah, but I've, I've, I was thinking that before those were scrapped... Wow, my voice is cracked so bad. <laughs> but before those were scrapped, that this could possibly be an iPay-Per-View. And they're running that huge venue. So they're trying to, I guess, bring in as much name value as they possibly can. Fill sell it. as many tickets as possible. Mm. So we have we have the final question from Robert Reed, who has been listening f- since episode one. So he can deserve four questions, I think, on episode 100. He says, out of all the interviews you've done in the last 100 episode episodes, which was your favorite? Talking to Nana is always fun, but I think the best interview we've done, the most probably informative, was the one we did about a year ago with Davey Richards. That was a good one. That was just us two, wasn't it? The A-team, as we The A-team. Um, yeah, we've done so many over these 100 episodes. I mean, when TJ, uh, the ones we did with TJ Perkins, when he left Ring of Honor, then 
the one we did with the young bucks especially when they left those are sort of really good to hear about more sort of the backstage stuff that you normally don't hear about so those are really interesting and talking to davy was great as you said and the fact we've had prince nana on three times says how much we enjoyed chatting with him so and i think having marcus on was a nice surprise exactly exactly i'm sure we're missing someone out from from you know from who we've interviewed that was what about nigel that was episode 50 how could we forget nigel mcginnis it was an all i don't think you were on that one were you I was not. It but was I remember a, that being a very good, very good listen. All British edition with me, Stephen, and Nigel. That was a another great show. So, and even Cheeseburger last last week, episode ninety nine. That was a great one as well. So, I mean, if you've ever missed out on any of these interviews, I'd recommend checking them out because with all episodes of the RH cast, they tend to be quite sort of topical about what happens that particular week. But with the interviews, they can be listened to at any point. So. I believe we have an interviews category on the site. You can check them all out on there. And I believe the first ever interview was episode four with TJ Perkins. And now here we are, episode 100, Prince Nana and Marketh. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of great interviews, and we hopefully will bring you more in the future. Now we have one from Ma- Max, a.k.a. Sinner. Who says, who do you guys want to win the world title tournament? I think for right now, Adam Cole would Adam be the Cole. most interesting person to win it. Definitely. Well, I, I don't know what else we can really say about that. To be honest. I, think, I, think, I think it's either going to be Cole or Elgin. And I think El, whoever doesn't win it in the tournament will win it at final battle. And I think having a... September through December run for Adam Cole, where you build up Michael Elgin to take the title, mm. would be more interesting than the other way around. Yeah. A second question. Does Ring of Honor need a masked wrestler, in your opinion? Which was originally asked by DX versus NWO 1994 on our forum. I don't think it's a pressing need. I think it's something that could be a cool attraction. I Because I think it would be something different than the rest of the roster and help get that wrestler over. Mm. But I think you don't need a masked wrestler just to have a masked wrestler. If he, if there's a good back, masked wrestler, bring them in. Exactly. If if he has the talent to back it up, bring him in because I think that is be another thing to help him get over quicker. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we should be like, we need a guy in a mask, quick, and just get the first guy. Get the headbangers. Exactly. Exactly. Get them in a mask. Yeah. Remember last time we had someone in a mask in Ring of Honor? It was the Guardians of Truth. So let's not wish for that again. Um, we have one from KL underscore who says, Silas Young, do you think his career in Ring of Honor will increase? And would you like that to happen? I think what he means is, will he sort of rise up the card and maybe win one of the titles? I mean, what are your thoughts on Silas Young? I've been a Silas Young fan for a few years now, and I was extremely happy when I heard that he signed a Ring of Honor contract, but he hasn't really been used to the fullest potential so far up until these last few weeks probably about the last month he's been appearing pretty mm. regularly yeah he has been yeah and i think he has the talent he has the charisma he has the skills to be a major player in ring of honor i'm not sure if he'll be a world title person mm. but i think he would be awesome as the tv champion i, or... I could definitely see a tv title run for silas young in the future but i'm a big silas young fan mm. kl underscores final question and in fact will be the final question on episode 100 of the ROH cast and I just want to go on a funny aside actually we reached episode 100 before Ring of Honor on SBG did 
But and we started the same week, believe it or not. I think actually our second show we talked about the first ever uh, Ring of Honor on SBG show, and now we've overtook them and reached episode 100 first. So, do you how, know is, how, how is that possible? Well, because we did sometimes we did two shows a week. Okay, <laughs> you're right. I was going to make a joke and say it means we're the better show, but you ruined that, John. Trying to go all logical about it. So, <laughs> KL underscores. Final question. Describe your love to Ring of Honor. Well, that's a love-hate relationship at times. Especially last year, because of how bad it was. Oh, my God. But this year, I want to describe it like I describe like my love for a football team. I'm a fan of them. I want to see them do good, do you know, be as good as possible. And it's frustrating to see when they do things things terribly like they did last year. Mm. But this year they're kind of they're kind of in a rebuild year, and it's hopeful to and I'm kind of hopeful for what's going to happen in the future. So, to me, I've spent way too much money on Ring of Honor. <laughs> I'd, I'd have a lot more money if I didn't love Ring of Honor. But <laughs> but just the fact that we come here every week and spend an hour. Or in this case, however long we've been doing oh this God. episode, yeah, it's a testament that just that how much this company, I guess, means to us, and how much this company kind of saved our love for wrestling. Is that kind of how you put it, Harry? Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah, that's perfect, actually. So there we go. That brings an end to episode one hundred. Or does it? We still have a giveaway. Oh yes, it. Yeah. Okay, let's do that, John. So. John is now going to pick a random number between 1 and 20. That person will win the exclusive Ring of Honor... Oh, sorry, not Ring of Honor. The exclusive ROH cast t-shirt. And this will be the only person who doesn't sort of work on the show that actually has one of these. So, John, this is the, probably the most important decision you've ever made in your life, this random number you're about to choose. Well, to begin with, the, the contest was we asked... Who in Ring of Honor is the unbeatable one? And the answer to that is Jay Lethal, of course. Jay Lethal. And we got we got quite a few correct answers. So I'm going to give out a random number. I don't know who's on this list. I don't know who's not on this list. I don't think you even have the login for the email, so you can't even see the screen, can you? No, no. I'm just looking at our forum right now. So I'm going to say, hmm. Lucky number seven. Okay. Anthony has won the exclusive ROH cast t-shirt by correctly saying that Jay Lethal is the unbeatable one. So thank you to everyone who sent their questions and, in. And hopefully... Congratulations to Anthony. Uh, you will be getting that shirt in the mail soon. I have to get them here first before I send them out. And I'm still waiting on the on them to come in here. So once I get them in, I'll send it, send it to you as quickly as possible. Hopefully we'll be able to have more of these made in the future and we'll probably give those away as well. So tune in to future shows for uh, future giveaways. So that does, in fact, bring an end to episode 100 of the ROH cast. We've had our intro. We've we've talked about, we've talked with Prince Nana. We've answered the questions you sent in. And that brings an end to this show. 100 episodes, John. Shall we have anything else to say before we wrap up? Well, here's to hoping that episode the next hundred episodes go a lot more smoothly than the first hundred <laughs> i'm just gonna say this now we, we've had to record this episode over two days and who knows how many hours everything that's gone you know that could go wrong has but we hope we've managed to bring you a extra special 
and a good show. So we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone for all your support over the past 100 episodes. We will be back next week with RHCast 101 next Friday. And uh, if you did enjoy this show, sure to leave a review on iTunes. Maybe send out a tweet about it. Obviously, perhaps by episode 200, we'll have even more members of the RHCast force to uh, send in their questions and topics. So, yeah, thank you to everyone for listening. We do hope you enjoyed the show. I'm sure there's going to be some extra special botches at the end of this for you to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, we might as well get to the botches. So, we'll see you all next week. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHWorld.com. And as always, I'm here with the anonymous beaver... (laughs) Stephen, <laughs> hello. Let's redo it. We can't have that in there. <laughs> two, two. You know, pretend to be attacked, or what? Like... And then, <laughs> are you going to say anything, or just do that noise randomly? Yeah. Should we play the Paul Turner? All right. Can you smell that? <laughs> yeah. Should he get ethered? Yeah. Maybe you just start coughing and saying, "What? What does that smell?" And just um, say, "I've got to go" or something. Yeah, well, I can just make it sound like a fart, like a really bad fart. <laughs> <laughs> I say I've got to go, I'll just go, I'll just go, <coughs> can you smell that? <coughs> and then I'll just go. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this, I'm so glad this has been recorded. This is how RHCast really is, guys. It's terrible. Is any, uh, of, this being, is any of this being recorded? Yeah, it all is. This is put, this, put this all at the end. Oh, my God. Stephen. <laughs> What's happening then? What's the plan? Sort of shoot him. At him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you going to do, Stephen? I just told you I'm going to cough and say, could you smell that? <laughs> Maybe Stephen will get bejazzled now. <laughs> Am I doing it then or what? I don't what's yeah, the silence? Give me a second, give me a second. Oh, for God's sake. Probably <laughs> the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> this is dreadful. <laughs> Two and a half hours long and we've got like five minutes of footage. <laughs> we should have recorded all two and a half hours and just <laughs> uploaded that as one giant special smile. bonus. Oh my god. Right, here we go. What's happening? Oh my god, I'm doing the intro to the Nana and you're going to die and then I'll be like, you okay? Right. What do do you say? What do I say when you say you're okay? Do I respond or do I... Nothing, you're dead. (laughs) I'm dying, okay. (laughs) I didn't know the plan was dead. When we come back, we we play the Undertaker. Gong! (laughs) Steven returns. Now, we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> See, I was supposed to, I supposed to come in. <laughs> oh my God. I thought you were going to ask me something. <laughs> oh. I think you need to start doing the choke thing now because there's enough time in between to, to easily <laughs> cut it down. Start dying, please. Just die, Stephen. What now? <laughs> yes! I can't say. Okay, give me a second. Let me get in the zone. <laughs> I can't... Oh, that's it. Two. So there... there ah, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so there... <It's> so bad. <laughs> we 
this sucks so much. <laughs> Why does anyone listen to this crap? That's just. Oh, that's just this. Um... Cut it!